This is the Happy Rant Sports Podcast, in which Ted Cluck and Barnabas Piper rant about old sports, new sports, sports books, sports movies, and anything else related to sports that they feel like. Enjoy. Hey, welcome to the Happy Rant Sports Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio by my good friend, my partner in sports radio, Barnabas Piper. Pipe, it has been a minute since we've done one of these. Uh, I didn't sleep last night, so I'm wired and I have show notes. Uh, so I'm excited to get into some of the sports content with you, Pipe. But before we do that, man, we have a new business partner. And it's one that I'm quite frankly thrilled about. Uh, I found this company when I was looking for Christmas gifts for my dad. So uh, once your dad hits the like 70-year-old mark or thereabouts, uh, they, they become really hard to buy for because I've been buying gifts for him as an adult for a long, long time. And uh, I'm always looking for unique things, creative things, different things. And I found a company, Piper, called OldSchoolShirts.com. Uh, that's OldSchoolShirts.com. They sell region-specific, city-specific, sport-specific uh, retro T-shirts. So. Yeah, and- and, and then from, your favorite thing, defunct league specific. So, oh, dude, yes, defunct league specific. So, World Football League, WLAF, XFL, ABA, USFL, Negro ABA. Leagues. Dude, so, unbelievable selection yeah. across the gamut of sports, even even like weird minor league stuff. So, mm-hmm. KK and I used to live in Indianapolis for a while when we were first married, and there was a minor league hockey team we used to go see called the Indianapolis Ice which I haven't thought about in 22 years. But lo and behold, on OldSchoolShirts.com, they had an Indianapolis Ice t-shirt available. Um, All kinds of great gear. T-shirts, sweatshirts, long-sleeve tees, hoodies. Um, It was was really a pleasure just to navigate around this site, Piper, and look at things. And they were kind enough to partner with us in a business relationship. Uh, We both got some gear. What, What gear did you get, Pipe? Yeah, so I went uh, I went deep cut, um, old school Minnesota sports for a couple of them. So the mm-hmm. Minnesota Muskies, which were an ABA team that I think lasted for about two seasons. So um, that was a that was a league that ended up merging with the NBA in the seventies, but was kind of like the NBA was like the stodgy, slow white guy league, and the ABA was the fun <laughs> up and down league. Played with the red, white, and blue basketball, all this stuff. Yep. Um, there's a great book out there called Loose Balls about the ABA. Dude, I've read it. Got, it's phenomenal. Oh, it's an amazing book. And I think it might be yeah. out of print. I don't know. But uh, it's awesome. And uh, yeah. so I got a Minnesota Muskie shirt. I got a Minneapolis Miller shirt, which was a minor league baseball team that was like the for the 40s through the 60s in Minneapolis. Like Willie Mays played there before going to play for the New York Giants. Um. Nice. And let's see what else did I get. Right now I'm wearing a Homestead Grays shirt. So the Homestead Grays were one of the greatest, like along with the Kansas City Monarchs, one of the greatest Negro League teams. So like Josh Gibson, Oscar Charleston, a bunch, Cool Papa Bell, a bunch of amazing players, Hall of Famers went through there. They were they were based out of Pittsburgh back in the the 30s and 40s. And then let's see what was the last one. Oh, and then I got an Ebbets Field shirt. So just stay nice. uh, just it just says Ebbets Field on it and it's got a picture of the stadium. Uh well recorded on this podcast that I love 
the Dodgers, the Brooklyn Dodgers. Yeah. I don't give a crap about the L.A. Dodgers uh, <laughs> because of Jackie Robinson. And that so that 1940s and 50s Brooklyn Dodgers team. So Ebbets Field is one of those places that would be on my bucket list of if you could go anywhere, it would have oh, been there, definitely. but it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, what did, historic, what did you pick man. up aside from the, the cool ice hockey Indianapolis? What was it? The Indianapolis what? Indianapolis Ice. Yeah, minor league hockey yeah, team, okay. very yeah. random. So uh yeah, that was a that was a deep cut. But uh I went with some Chicago gear because my okay. my family has roots in Chicago. So there was a there's a German restaurant in Chicago called the Berghof. And um we used to eat there from time to time and they had a sweet like black t shirt with kind of the Chicago skyline just drawn in red and then uh kind of that 1970s script font that just said yes. the Berghoff. I thought it looked uh, it looked real sharp, and uh, I got a World Football League Chicago Winds T-shirt uh, just because I thought the artwork on the T-shirt was uh, was really cool looking. It was a it was a color of shirt that I didn't have a lot of. It's a green shirt, um, and then I got for my dad. I don't think he'll listen to this. Um, so my dad was a football player. He was a very good college football player, better than me. Um, and a semi pro player. And in the early seventies, he was living in Florida and he had a tryout with a world football league team called the Jacksonville sharks. And, uh, my dad loves hoodies. So I got him a gray hoodie with the Jacksonville sharks helmet, uh, on it. So I think he's going to be, uh, he's going to be excited about that one. That's like the perfect gift for a guy in his seventies who, especially if he loves the style of clothing, like he just loves hoodies because he doesn't need anything. He probably needs exactly. less and less. Like he just wears yep. the same three or four kinds of things. <laughs> yeah, uh, for sure. You know, he's, he's not, he's not adding hobbies to his life and, and, you know, he doesn't want a bunch of toys. That's it's exactly. like the perfect honoring his, uh, his history and just a cool nostalgic twist. Totally, man. I love buying gifts for my dad. He's uh, he's really fun to buy for. Man, the the all timer though, pipe real quick, and then we'll get back to our, our business relationship with old school old school shirts. I uh, I found this company online a few years ago that makes like two to the era like era specific replica football helmets. So I basically like looked at a bunch of old pictures of my dad playing college football, and I made a version of his college helmet and. Um, he was he was pretty shocked when he opened that, um, and it was a blast to do. Just a fun who did, project. Who did he too. play for? Who? What college? He played for the University of Wisconsin Stout, so okay. small school up in Wisconsin. But those uh, he play- those UW like those Division three UW schools or whatever they are NAIA. Yeah, they've they've switched leagues. Are always just tough dude. They're as awesome. Nails. They're tough as nails. They that conference always puts a kid in the NFL like yeah. every year. Like Jake Kumaro and uh, a whole bunch of of dudes. Ryan Ramchek played in that league for a couple of years before yep. he he transferred to UW Madison. So they've uh, they've been successful. Pops played there many moons ago. Uh, but Piper, if you want to, if the listeners want to enjoy this nostalgic uh, relationship with us, they can go to oldschoolshirts.com or they can check out the show notes on Twitter, on Facebook. Um, on our social media feeds. And if they buy a shirt or shirts through that link, then we get a little piece of the action. We are an affiliate uh, seller now with oldschoolshirts.com. So if they buy through our socials, we get a piece of the action. Just saying. 
And um, I will say for, for listeners, this, you know, sometimes if you go get these custom things, they're super obnoxiously expensive, you know, like $40 t-shirts and stuff. These are, these are reasonably priced as far as, as far as custom shirts go. So it's like, it's cheaper than buying a t-shirt at a baseball stadium and things like that. So, uh, you're not, you're not going to get ripped off with these. They're really comfortable. They look great and just, yeah, sweet yep. gear. Absolutely. Sweet, unique gear. Piper. We have uh, we have lots of sports content to talk about this morning, and I want to start with uh, a little game, a little thought experiment I put together for you. Uh, it's called "Who Plays Quarterback in 2021," and uh, I've got a number of teams here Not listed. Kirk Cousins. Oh no, that's me being <laughs> optimistic. Sorry, I'll carry on. There you go. There you go. I'm going to run you down a list of teams. Like never in recent memory, Piper. Can I remember a time where? Looking ahead to the next football season, so many teams are going to be switching quarterbacks. You know, when you look at the NFL landscape, probably a good third of the franchises or more are looking are looking at quarterback changes next year. And there are going to be a lot of guys who are currently in the league moving around, which is fascinating uh, to me. So I'm going to run you through this list. Uh, we can talk through who you think is going to be playing quarterback there next year. All right. Uh, and dialogue about it a little bit. And then... We've got another game called Reasons for Optimism, Reasons for Concern, and uh, we're going to run through that grid with our Major League Baseball teams, our respective teams, uh, and that should take us to the end of the episode. So uh, first team, Piper, who plays quarterback in 2021? New England Patriots. Who's their quarterback in 2021? Um, that is a good question. I think, I think they bring back Cam Newton. Um, Interesting. Because thinking about the various other options, uh-huh. he he's not he's not playing well enough this year to demand you know one of those forty million dollar contracts, right? Which which suits them fine because they're part of the reason they built a good team for so long is because they paid their quarterback you know significantly under market value. That's right. I think I think they also try to sign him to a contract that's maybe front loaded. And then mm-hmm. draft somebody who they think they can develop, although they have no history of developing a quarterback since Tom Brady. So um, they have no history of developing a quarterback, and they're going to fall outside, obviously, the Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance neighborhood of of quarterbacks. So I think they they but, might be a little bit out in the cold. Okay, so so for the last twenty years, the one mm-hmm. thing you knew at the Patriots was that there was Brady Belichick. Obviously, right. we only have half of that now. We don't know how well either of them does without the other because it's been a little iffy for both of them this year. Sure, um, sure. What, but, but one thing Belichick has always done is, mu- is just mess around with and muck up other people's game plans. So he's always <laughs> been a trade-back guy. So they get a pick. Right. They get the you know, 29th or 30th pick in the, uh, in the first round, and they're just constantly moving back into the second round, picking up third and fourth rounders. Right. What if he trades up? You know, what if what if he trades up into the, you know, th- so say this year they get the they're going to be they're going to be mid- middling. So say they get the 15th yeah. pick. What if sure. they trade in what if they trade up to number 9 and take Trey Lance? I would yeah. love it and I think I I can see Belichick falling in love with Trey Lance in the sense that he's just gotten enough of a taste of what a running quarterback can do when healthy this year. Um he's always wanted a runner. He's always wanted a more kind of um, diverse skill set back there, and I, I could see him making a move on Trey Lance. Uh, but the guy that I have playing quarterback in New England next year, Sam Darnold. Um, see, I think I, he's going to wait. I think he's going. I think. I think 
he ends up on like the Colts or the 49ers or something like that. We'll get there, dude. Okay. We'll get there. But yeah, we'll get there definitely. And I, I like, especially the Colts as a landing spot for Sam Darnold, but I like New England the best. Um, if the Jets are willing to trade in the division, that's a big if. Um, but I think there will be a robust Sam Darnold market. Mm-hmm. And I think some of those draft picks could come into play in terms of bringing a very young guy, uh, lots of upside left, um, hasn't been seriously hurt. Uh, he's a guy who I could see Belichick moving into the future with in New England, and uh, I think you could sell the the fan base on Sam Darnold. Uh, let's move can, to another can I, team. Can I ask a follow up question? Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. You know, we we talked last sports episode. Both of us are high on Sam Darnold and think he still has a bright future. He's not Josh Rosen or whatever. Totally, totally. Uh, so if and and if the, if you have an answer for this, that's going to come later in the game. Just just kick it sure. down, kick hand down the road. Where does Cam sure. Newton play next year, if not New England? See, when I did this little thought experiment on my own at two in the morning, Cam Newton was the guy that was like the odd man out of all this. Right. Um, I can envision a couple places for him. Uh, one of which is Dallas, hmm. but kind of as a bridge to a healthy Dak. Uh, he's a big name guy, Jerry. Likes big signings. Um, I, I could see a Cam to the Cowboys kind of scenario, but I, I'm a little less bullish on Cam than you are in the sense that his play style just doesn't lend itself to him ever being fully healthy again. And I think we're seeing the ravages of time show oh, on on Cam. I'm not bullish uh, on Cam. I I was yeah. I loved the signing for New England at the beginning of the year and was yeah. bullish on him. Um, it was yeah, one of a handful sure. of quarterback calls I've I've been wrong on recently because I thought I thought Josh Allen was going to be bad. He's turned out to be great. I thought Justin Herbert was going to be bad, and he's turned out to be great. And I thought Cam Newton was going to be really good, and he's turned out to be a good running back who occasionally throws the ball. Um, <laughs> exactly. So, but the reason I think he stays is because his market is going to be garbage, and so New England yeah. kind of gives him a take it or leave it like two-year, $18 million offer or something as a bridge to whoever's next. Yeah, I could see that. I could definitely see that scenario. Um, It kind of depends on how bad he looks from now until the end of the season. Yeah. I mean, if the wheels continue to fall off and he's just a disaster. Do we know how bad he looks considering their leading receiver is somebody who I can't remember off the top of my head? They they have no no weapons. They really have no one. Yeah, Edelman is hurt. Like... Gunnar Olszewski is getting significant reps at wide receiver. That's how bad it is. That's how like bare the cupboard is in New England. And and let's just take a minute to acknowledge how bad they've drafted over the last few years. Um, I'm a huge Belichick guy. I'm a fan of the Patriots. Um, obviously, all the respect in the world to Bill Belichick. But, I mean, passing up a number of really interesting receivers to take Nikhil Harry last year, not great. They've never drafted. They really never drafted in the in the high rounds, at least a good receiver in New England. And uh, no, they've, they've gone like zero for five in the last ten years. Like they've tried every yeah. couple of years in one of the first two three rounds, and yep. none of them have. It's not just that they've been like, oh, they didn't quite meet. Ex-. Like, they've been they've bad. been disasters. Just utterly yeah, they've been terrible. disasters. And honestly, their their high profile like free agent or trade acquisitions have been disasters too. Like they tried. Chad Ochocinco there. They tried um, Reggie Wayne. You know, they tried the yeah. They tried Reggie Wayne. They tried the Josh Gordon experiment. They tried Mohamed Sanu last year. Like really, it's been a revolving door. Now I will disasters. say the, the the Josh Gordon and Antonio Brown ones. 
yeah. are was not for lack of talent. Both of those guys That's were true. whatever was going on off the field completely troubled messed them off up. the field. Because I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if Brown comes out and and has a great year or two with Tampa with Brady and you know, sure. He's, I mean, I always root for the comeback. It'd be great to see him bounce back and have a you know have a strong finish to his career because he was you know the best yeah. receiver in the NFL for I don't know six or seven years. But, An exciting guy to watch who didn't have like he doesn't have the freaky like DK Metcalf body or whatever. He came out of the Mac. It's just a it's an interesting story, and yeah. um, for him to be able to do what he did at his size is really. Interesting. Yeah. And, and uh, the thing is, right, there's only two ways to get wide receivers. You either draft really well and usually draft fairly high. Now you get the occasional yeah. like Terry McLaurin, but usually it's like top three rounds or yeah. you're willing to pay a premium via trade to get your Stefan yep. Diggs or your DeAndre Hopkins. And the Patriots yep. will never do that. And they suck nope. at drafting, which means yep. they're, whoever they have at quarterback is going to be playing behind the eight ball. Dude, you could make the argument that for the last 20 years, they've really just gotten lucky a few times at that position. I mean, they they get Julian Edelman, who was a college quarterback, um, and just a complete outlier in terms of uh, work ethic, willingness to learn, probably willingness to, quote-unquote, supplement aggressively, and that's that's all I'll say. <laughs> um, Danny Amendola was a, was a punt returner who had been cut by a couple of teams. They make him into like an incredible slot receiver. Um, the only one that was a slam dunk was Randy Moss. But he um, wasn't because he'd been on the Raiders and everybody thought this is and, the end of the road terrible. for him. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, And they, well, Wes, they, Wes Welker was the one, I'd say the one guy, because I think they traded like a second or third round pick for Welker. To Miami. Yeah, Because Welker had been the like their punt returner and kind of a guy who people were like, oh, he's, you know, He's a he's a he make the occasional play and then he turned into a you know, right. hundred catch a year guy a beast yeah the first of that kind of archetypal New England slot receiver yeah for sure for sure tight end has been a disaster in New England since Gronk um, they haven't made a move they haven't made a trade uh, they drafted they, they a couple drafted of, a couple guys who have just been utter garbage because they're like he's the next Gronk and I'm like you know just because you follow in line with Gronk doesn't mean you're the next anything yeah. Just because you're tall and you play for New England and you're a tight end, it doesn't make you the next grump, for sure. Um, so, yeah, dearth of playmakers in New England. Hard to get a read on where Cam Newton is actually at. Um, but you say Cam. I say Sam Darnold. Um, you're probably going to be right, Piper. But uh, I would love to see Sam resurrected as a Patriot. Next team, Dallas Cowboys. Who plays quarterback in 2021? Um... They re-signed Dak. I think. Mm-hmm. I think that's. I think that's going to be the best place for him because that's they. They're the most inclined to pay him a lot of money despite a terrible injury. Um, I guess and, I'm caveating this by saying who's the bridge guy until Dak gets healthy. Philip Rivers. No, no, that's actually a a good one. It's savvy. He's got a big name, veteran. Uh, I said the bridge guy in Dallas was going to be Mitch Trubisky. Um, who will hit the marketplace in the offseason. Someone uh, will think that they can resurrect the career of Mitch Trubisky. Um, I don't, I don't I think, think it's a guy who coached against him for four years in the same division, though. I, uh, I don't think true. Mike McCarthy is going to look at him and go, I can resurrect him. I think Mike McCarthy is going to look at him and go, you know, I hope the Eagles sign him or something. Totally. My, my thought with this one was similar skill set to Dak Prescott in terms of being big, athletic, good runner, good arm. 
Um, like mean, a like good a toolsy if you don't guy. Co- if you don't care where the ball goes. Well, that's it. That's yeah, the, he's that's, toolsy. The big difference between him and Dak is that Dak throws to you know his receivers, his own on teammates. Time. Yeah, yeah. Which, as it turns out, is pretty important. Um, yeah, there's, I, there's, I think there's another option, which is just that they they run it back and you know count on another you know a full off season and whatever and bring back Andy Dalton at like four mil or six mil and mm-hmm. just have him as a as a semi reliable backup. But the thing is, if they think they're in contention, they have to get, like, they can't waste however many games until Dak comes back. All right, next team, Piper, Chicago. So you've got a very expensive Nick Foles who's played badly. Um, you've got a Mitch Trubisky that you're probably moving on from. Mm-hmm. Uh, complicated offseason in Chicago at the quarterback position. I have an idea. What's yours? <sighs> um. How many years is Foles signed for? Do you know? I don't. Because I think I think that determines the next step. My guess is they run it back with Foles if he's still yeah. signed for like twenty mil, just because you know, unless they can cut him for like three million in dead money or something. Because sure. I they think they need to bring in a new coach and I think they need to bring yep. in a new GM. And I think those guys need to come in and go, Okay, where's our roster at? Like what we got yeah. big money on defense right now, especially with Khalil Mack. Uh, Allen Robinson is, has another year or two on his contract, but they don't have the, – the well is, is pretty dry on offense. Um, so I think they probably they, they probably do similar to what the Jets GM is doing, which is try to figure out do you acquire picks, do you just let some people go and get cap space, and essentially yeah. start a rebuild. So I bet Foles is the quarterback there next year, which as a Vikings fan makes me uh, – well, it would make me happy, except that Foles seems to have the Vikings number. So – that's true. Foles is so streaky. You know, he can look great and then he can go a quarter or two where you just wonder if he's a NFL quarterback at all. Um, I kind of rolled the dice on this one. This one's a little out there, but this guy would be cheap. You could sell it to the fan base, I think. Um, he could be your kind of new coach, new GM bridge guy until you, they get the guy that they actually want. Marcus Mariota. Uh, I think huh. there's still tread left on those tires from a from an athletic standpoint, but also from a selling it to the fan base standpoint. Um, Mariota's languishing there behind Derek Carr. Um, I think he, he's got one more making a run at a starting job scenario left in him. What do you think? I think it's intriguing. I think Mariota gets the, you know, kind of the Teddy Bridgewater treatment somewhere. And the Bears could be a good yeah. option for that, kind of where, where Bridgewater was a well-respected backup with some history as a starter, not as much as Mariota, who got yeah. a very under-market contract for a starter. But mm-hmm. but the kind of thing where it's like, well, if we draft somebody, if we need to draft somebody, this is a good bridge the gap guy, but he's not going to kill our cap. So I think it's intriguing. Um, yeah. I don't think Mariota's good, though. I used to love him. And I know, just man. After I want to love five him. or six seasons of not being good, it's hard to yeah. believe a guy just finds it. I think that's a dependent on the coach kind of thing for Mariota, you know, depending on who they, who they hire, um, that'll really drive how good he can be. All right. Next team pipe, Indianapolis. Um, I think rivers is washed. I think they know that they're, a, a competent quarterback away from being a real contender. Um, I don't think rivers comes back. Who's their quarterback going to be? See, this is the kind of team. I, if I, I would put, 
Mariota is a good option there potentially. Um, yeah, I would. I still think that's the place for Darnold though. Um, okay, I think that's I would the, love it. Now the risk there is if they think that they are a competent quarterback away from like the AFC Championship game, I don't yeah. think Darnold's the guy. Darnold's yeah. a yeah. Darnold is a, a a bit of a reclamation project, yeah. and if you want to win immediately, he's probably not the guy. Um, now, to be fair, I've they got, have a winning record this year with the worst version of Philip Rivers ever. So that's true. That's if, true. If, they're doing they're doing a lot. Is Darnold yeah. going to be worse than that? I think Darnold's floor in a in a competent offense is Philip mm-hmm. Rivers this year, with the yeah. potential to make two or three plays a game that Philip Rivers That's can't it. make because Rivers can't throw 40 yards anymore. So Rivers can't throw 40 yards and he can't run. Yeah. Whereas Darnold will scramble and get you 20, you know, once or twice a game. Or just escape a sack. Yeah, like just get just out of there. just escape a sack. So if, That's right. if Darnold can, can take two or three negative plays and turn them into two or three positive plays, and then other than that, he's basically the same guy. They yep. are a division like they they could win their division next year, especially if they're you know they run it back with the same defense. They've got a strong running game. Their offensive line is, is bonkers. Um, and look who's playing quarterback in their division. Yeah, I mean you've got Ryan Tannehill, who's I think played on the 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 upper edge of his potential and and maybe kind of settling back down to earth a little bit, a little Tan- bit of regression Tannehill, this season. Tannehill is an athletic system quarterback, so. That's right. Like when in the system, he runs it well. Things are when things are running on time, he's good. He's he's Kirk Cousinsy in that way. Like you look back at what Cousins did yeah. last year, where he was like thirty whatever touchdowns and three interceptions. And right. I said last year, that's the best we're ever going to see from him. I think yeah. Tannehill's stretch has is kind of the same thing. Where this is the best yeah. we're going to see from him, and he's 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 just middling. He's fine. So I think the window is really immediate for Indianapolis, which means it might not be Darnold. I've got a I've got another weird one here, man. I want I want you to hear me out on it. Carson Wentz. Uh I think Philly will have to move on from Carson Wentz this offseason. Um he's he's having a bad season statistically. I'm not sure how much of that is his fault. Um nevertheless, there could be a reunion, a Frank Reich Carson Wentz reunion mm-hmm. in Indianapolis. Um, I think it's becoming clear that it was more Frank Reich than Doug Peterson in terms of Wentz looking good when he looked good. Um, he's still fairly young. He's a good athlete. Um, I think the floor ceiling thing makes sense uh, vis-a-vis Rivers and Wentz. Uh, I kind of like it if they if they were to swing something like that. What do you think? I can see it, especially because he he is very Philip Riversy in terms of his mm-hmm. um like he's Rivers with athleticism, meaning yeah. he's going to make two or three throws a game that you go what what are you doing, yeah. and then he's oh, yeah. going to make two or three throws a game over. that are elite, and then if he can yeah. if he can just use his mobility and cut down on some of the dumb mistakes, which again Rivers is, has perpetually been sort of that gunslinger, he makes a mistakes guy. Um, I can see it. I think the the question there is, I mean, he's under contract, so that would be a um, a significant money loss for Philly or a significant trade. And I, I just, I, I don't know that Indy would give up what it takes to get him. Yeah, it's just it's weird to me that Philly drafted the Alabama kid, Jalen Hurts. I'm I'm, I'm intrigued o- by Oklahoma what they fans think. everywhere are offended. You said that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Alabama, Oklahoma. Um, I, I'm intrigued with what they think they're going to do with him. And I think it's 
I think push is going to come to shove pretty soon. Um, just as that team continues to look disastrous this season. All right, next one. We'll move a little quicker through some of these. Uh, New Orleans, who plays quarterback for the Saints. I think we're going to be in agreement on this one. Uh, I mean, they already signed Taysom Hill, so my inclination is to go there. Ooh, I was going Jameis. Um, he maybe, maybe. I mean, they, they signed him to a one-year contract. I just I feel like. This this is a question of Sean Payton's hubris. Does he think he can take That's a guy true. who is exactly what everybody knows he is and turn him into uh, a non-turnover machine? The man threw 30 interceptions in a year. He was a 30-30 player yeah. at quarterback, which is not awesome. <laughs> so does yeah. he think he can do it? Maybe. Um, that's, another, that's another one where I would love to see Darnold end up there. But, oh, that'd be fun. That would be so fun. But New Orleans is always, always in their own minds on the cusp of the Super Bowl, and I don't think That's Donald's true. that guy. And if they think Winston yeah. is, I think they're insane, but more power to them. So the reason I went with Jameis is I think New Orleans has been stuck in this weird purgatory of like, never throwing the ball further than like six yards past the line of scrimmage because Drew Brees' arm is shot. And I think they're gonna they're they're gonna overcorrect by by putting Jameis in that role. They have paid a bunch of money to Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill is old. Like yeah, he's close people to forget 30. that Yeah, he did the like weirdo like mission trip and he's been languishing as like a fullback tight end type for years. He's not young. Um and there's no proof that like he can do it at this level. Right. Like he doesn't do much with his reps. You know, they always give him like the weird couple of reps. He doesn't really do much with them. Um, whereas Jameis is a little bit of a known commodity with a live arm. Uh, he can go down the field if you can limit the turnovers. And I think the, I think the Peyton hubris is going to kick in. That's kind of what I was gambling on with this one. Yeah. Uh, I think you're going to see Jameis there. Let's, let's move to another one. This one's uh, a bit self-evident. New York Jets. Who you uh, got? I mean, it's assuming that... Well, I would say Trevor Lawrence... Uh, and if not yeah. him, Justin Fields, because them, they and Jacksonville are going to be the two teams at the top of the draft, it seems, and both of them are going to take one of those quarterbacks, I think. Yeah, I had Trevor Lawrence to the Jets, meaning that they moved Arnold. Uh, new coach, new guy to develop. Um, I don't think the Jets have a win on their schedule. Uh, I looked at the back end don't, of their schedule Don't they play recently. Jacksonville? Uh, I don't know that they do. Okay. I don't remember seeing I Jacksonville they did, on Maybe they did, which means that there is... Like that's a game of do you even want to win it at that point? That's right. That's right. Um, and it'll be both teams having having that conversation. Jacksonville has already given up on the season when they bench Gardner Minshew. Um, they're they're already essentially saying we don't want to win anymore. <laughs> so uh, the Jets. I've got Trevor Lawrence. Let's just do Jacksonville because we mentioned them. All right, here's uh, here's a Fields question. Going here, to Jacksonville. Let me back up one team. I could see Gardner yeah. Minshew making his way to New Orleans. I actually love that. Um, I really, really love that. I'm jealous of you for coming up with that and not me. Um, but tip of the cap. That's a good one uh, because so so in this little exercise. I didn't have a sensible landing spot for Minshew, but I do think he's a. I think his ceiling could be pretty high, you know, depending on where he is, because you you look at his situation now, he's playing behind a trash offensive line, 
with a below-average complement of wide receivers um, and a terrible defense, and he's he's had them in most of those games. Um, yeah, and I mean, Jacksonville and last has been year he, frisky. He put up some numbers. He's he's yeah. not and he's not insane. You know, like Winston does yeah. insane things. You know, the kind of things that yeah. make a coach want to just old yeller him kind of thing. Um, totally. The, so totally. also just a little thing. He's a uh, he's yeah. a Gulf Coast kid. Like he grew up in Mississippi. Yeah. Which is yep. You know, so same general region. He kind of I think he would have like he would he would have New Orleans wrapped around his finger if he had any success there. Oh my there. gosh, dude. Yeah. Wildly charismatic. Here's a here's another crazy one that's that's just like a big dream thing for me for for Minshew because you know I love Minshew. Chicago. He becomes Jim McMahon 2.0. Um, the Chicago fan base falls in love with him. He's running for first downs, getting his helmet knocked off. He's that guy. And he he's, trim, he's he trims his mustache to be the Bill Swirsky super fan version instead of like the Wyatt Earp <laughs> version. Yeah, I can dude, see totally, it. totally. I could see it. I could see it. Uh, all right, so Jacksonville, we've got either Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence. Uh, New York Giants, I had them like holding serve and just keeping yeah. Daniel Jones. I think um, I think they're gonna run it. They're gonna run it back with Daniel Jones because they have a new coach. Or, I mean, he's new coach yep. this year. Um, yeah. Their offense is looking better the last couple of weeks. I think you know if they think mm-hmm. they can add a weapon or two, bring Barkley back. I don't think Jones is good. He's a turnover just machine. He's he's Jameis yeah. Winston ish except fumbles instead of interceptions. Um, yeah. but he's still cheap. So why would you go pay yeah. money, especially when you're still a good year when plus your away from is so far away? Yeah, like yeah. they use yeah. the draft to fill some holes. Maybe sign a couple of smart veterans, see where you're at, and then figure out the quarterback thing. Okay, Washington football team. Who you got? Uh, I would I would put them in the. Um, they they still have a chance at a top two or three pick. So yeah. I think they're in that. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance. Um, yeah, see, I have them winning a couple more games because they're frisky too, and their their front four is tremendous. Yeah, their defense is solid. Um, their 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 pass rush is bonkers. They're great on that side. Yeah. They have they have they have a couple decent offensive weapons. Um, yeah. So I have Trey Lance going there. Like I think Trey Lance is going to make a lot of sense for them. Uh, they'll be picking in that like squarely in the top ten, maybe in the top five or six. Yeah. Um, I, I, I see a Trey Lance in their future and, uh, and I like, it I feel like the perfect scenario for them would be like, um, sign, you know, Andy Dalton and draft Trey Lance. So kind of like what Miami did with Tua, where you have the guy who can start, but we all know what he is as a starter, but you don't have to pay him a lot. And then maybe he gets three games, maybe he gets 10 games maybe he gets no games, but if he gets no games, you just have a reliable backup who can kind of help show the ropes. That's right. And then and then see how the young guy comes along. By the way, I think Gardner Minshew settles into that Ryan Fitzpatrick role for the rest of his life. Like I, I think he will be Fitz Fitz Magic two point um, He'll be the guy who keeps the spot warm for the guy that you're really grooming, and low key plays better than that guy. Um, I think that's Minshew's future and i i like that, that being him. said i think Tua in the next you know by the end of the season it's going to be real clear they made the right call there i think Tua is a special quarterback. i agree i agree i agree and i'm i'm excited to see Tua do well i like i like him there okay two more quick ones san francisco uh boy i hope it's kirk cousins i hope that that <laughs> i hope that that uh that connection the the shanahan that bromance the shanahan yeah. bromance is but i mean the salary <clears throat> is the problem um yeah 
completely. So I, I feel like their their options are um, you go you you kind of try to go young. So like a Gardner Minshew cheap guy, like he that would mm-hmm. be a good landing spot for him too. Um, or you go with the known commodity, and you know I, I would love to see Cousins go there. Just because Man. I want to see him not in Minnesota anymore, I would rather see Minnesota ha- like start Sh- Sean Mannion for sixteen games and, and just suck than, totally, than run it back totally. and pay Kirk Cousins forty million dollars. Yeah, Amen. Yeah, that was kind of what I was getting at with uh, with with putting San Francisco on the list. So the last one is Minnesota, your team. Uh, we've touched on it. So let's say perfect world scenario, Cousins goes somewhere else. Who's the quarterback? Who's the Vikings quarterback next year? Knowing that you've got a you've got a prime Dalvin Cook, you've got a good AJ Thielen, um, you've got a pretty good Joseph Jefferson like in the in the mix. As Boy, a you didn't receiver. get any sleep. It's Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. But what did I see? You what said AJ say? Thielen and Joseph AJ Jefferson. AJ Thielen? Oh my gosh, CTE, dude. Yeah, um, Be- between your concussions j- and lack of sleep, it's a you're starting oh my to gosh. sound you're starting to sound like someone's grandma. Just make, mixing up names. Who was Joseph Jefferson? I feel like he must have been an NBA player in like the 90s. I don't know where I got yeah, that. Yeah, or like a backup cornerback for the Bengals or something. I don't know. Um, I bet. Yeah. See, so here's the – I have this in my mind. I don't know any way the scenario works out. I want to see Matt Stafford on the Vikings. Ooh. Oh, that's fun. Because yeah. Stafford, talent-wise, is still a top 10-ish quarterback. Who has yeah. a garbage team with a yeah. bottom three coaching staff? And yeah. so, yeah, I think it would be so fun to see him making the plays that Kirk Cousins cannot make. Here's how that can work. So, Bob Quinn and, and Patricia are definitely getting fired. Um, so, you're going to have new coach, new GM. And if you get the sort of young, analytics driven kind of regime in there, I think you could see a you could see an exodus of like more expensive older guys. Mm-hmm. In which case, um, Stafford goes on the market. You guys make a run at him while you've got a pretty good window. Um, I like it. I actually, I actually really like it or, for you yeah, guys. Yeah, I mean, if, and, and if and if um, so, it, it there's a whole set of dominoes that have to fall. First, Kirk Cousins has sure, to sure. be shipped out, and frankly, I would ship yeah. him out for nothing. Just be like, yes, condi- oh, totally. conditional just a round pick to give us cap. Relief. Oh yeah, dude, totally. Just to yeah, do a Brock Osweiler yeah. deal with him, um, where you're just getting rid of him. Then Detroit has to decide they're rebuilding, and they they want to rebuild with somebody at a rookie. Uh, you know, yeah. rookie salary quarterback, not star. Because Stafford, I think, gets paid less than Cousins right now, which is just ridiculous. But yeah, then if I'm the Vikings, I'm like, yeah, I'll trade. So if they want to do a full rebuild, what about like a second and a third, and we'll take his salary? Um, now they, again, you have to be willing to trade within the division. Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't think it happens, but that would be my dream. Um, oh yeah. Outside of that, I would love. I mean. Honestly, like I would take on Jimmy G. Like I think for for Cousins yeah. to go to San Francisco, the Vikings would probably have to take Jimmy G back just for salary sake. Yeah. But he gets paid less, and it's a shorter deal, and it and it becomes the okay. Now we can bridge to whoever's next. And I think yeah. I think Jimmy G and Kirk are. I think Kirk's probably a little bit better when he's on his game, but boy, mm. he's off his game. He's just aggravating to watch, and he's you know. If, and I feel like he's off his game more often now than he used to be. Well, just, Don't you agree? He he is 
everything has to be perfect for him to succeed. You know, he, he never lifts an offense. The offense lifts him. And I think the same is true for Jimmy G, but he gets paid like 25 and Kirk gets paid 38 or 40. And that's, you know, that $15 million is it's significant. Yeah. You can shrug off a lot of stuff for $15 million. Absolutely. And I think Jimmy G is just easier to like, um, yeah, it'll, he's be, very it'll be time. He's a very handsome man. He's extremely handsome. Absolutely. Um, Pipe, I've got just a few more minutes, uh, and I want to talk a little baseball. All right. Uh, I want to talk baseball because I'm feeling optimistic about my Mariners. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a fun offseason in that Kyle Lewis was named AL Rookie of the Year. Uh, so our young outfielder, Kyle Lewis, had a phenomenal season. Uh, J.P. Crawford and Evan White both won gold gloves. Uh, which is pretty cool. Um, our number one prospect, Jared Kelnick, will probably get promoted at some point next season. He's a beast. Mitch Haniger comes back. Kyle Seeger comes back. Uh, Marco Gonzalez had another great season. We might see our top pitching prospect, Logan Gilbert, at some point next year. Um, and I think in general, we did better than, than expected during a total kind of lost, weird COVID rebuild year. Um, thoughts on all that for my Mariners? Yeah, I, th- I feel like the Mariners are, you know, for a long time, they were sort of like, we're, we're making a seven million trades a year to try to get prospects. Well, it seems like they've now had, they have a pool of prospects who are starting yeah. to come into their own. Kyle Lewis is a really fun player. He's a good Absolutely. hitter, developing, great outfielder. Um, yep. Yeah, strong infield defense. And yeah, I think there's, I think the question that the Mariners have is, when and where to put their money, you know, what, yeah. cause it's a weird, yeah. it's going to be a weird free agency off season because nobody knows how much mm. money they should or could spend. So, um, right. but yeah, I think, I think they're at the right stage where it's like, this is, we're not a playoff team this year, but we should improve. And there's, it's going to be more competitive and the the young players are going to be fun to watch. Absolutely, man. Yeah. I think pitching is our concern. Um, Kikuchi just might not be good. Um, Justice Sheffield still might not be good. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure in that rotation, like, who's good besides Marco. Um, our bullpen is thin. A lot of question marks there. Um, so I think, I think pitching is, is maybe a priority as we, uh, as we move into the offseason. What about your twins, Pipe? Reasons for optimism, reasons for concern? Um, I think the biggest reason for optimism is that they won the division. I mean, granted, it was a 60-game season. But with mm-hmm. just a rash of injuries, everybody was hurt. Um, yeah, and they still they still won the division. Uh, and so it and you know if uh, if Miguel Sano is a little bit healthier, if Max Kepler's a little bit healthier, if Josh Donaldson's a little bit healthier, and I don't mean like if all these guys pay, play a full season, but just let's say yeah. we get eighty percent of a season out of them, they yep. they have they have the strongest team in the division. Um, Barrios was a solid pitcher. They, uh, I'm totally blanking on his name. Um, <laughs> the guy who just, well, dude, the uh, guy who just got second I'm, in the Cy Young voting. Um, dude, I'm glad we're even in this after my yeah. embarrassing episode with the Vikings. That was bad. Maybe we can scrub that out in post production. Um, I'm, yeah, hold on a second here. I, I don't know why I'm blanking. Probably because my head has been so deeply in football. Um, dun, 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 I'm sorry, I'm Googling. No worries, dude. No worries. 
um, so they they have it, and then they then they bring back Michael Pineda, who after coming off of last season's suspension, pitched really well this year. Kenta Maeda, that's the name I was trying to think of. Mm. Um, so their their top three in their rotation are really solid. Um, their bullpen was a strength, but also could really use improvement. <clears throat> and so obviously, you you and I are coming from different places. I'm thinking, how do the Twins get to the World Series? And you're right. thinking, how do the Mariners just take you know put the next building block in place take the next step yeah and take the next step i think what the twins need like when you look at the twins and then you look at the top teams the top teams had like four guys coming out of their bullpen throwing 98 with silly movement and so you know the starter gets through the sixth and then it's just well good luck putting a bat on a ball against the rest of those guys and that's the twins don't have that they have one or two guys who are sort of close to that so i think I think finding those sort of arms in the bullpen and being willing to put money into it is probably their biggest need. And if they can, if they can add one more starter, um, one more starting pitcher so that they go four deep. Um, and then that fifth spot, you can kind of rotate young guys through and maybe find a prospect, whatever. But yeah, I mean, I, I think they're, they're lined up to win the division again. Um, the white Sox, I think were, better than expected this year and we'll see you know we'll see if they can run it back cleveland only seems to be getting worse and detroit and mm-hmm. kansas city are bad so i yeah i think the twins yeah. should win the division again i think if they ran it back with the exact roster they have now they win it again um but i would love to see the bullpen strengthen particularly yeah totally dude did you watch a lot of covid baseball this season i watched I feel more, like we didn't talk about it as much as we normally do we didn't because it, it was so out of rhythm it was out of whack <laughs> was, i watched a lot totally more covid baseball than i did nba season you know we were talking last time yeah. we did this about how kind of boring the nba covid season was and just out of rhythm out of yeah. whack i didn't feel yep. that way about baseball because yep. at least it fell in the right months you know like it's it fell in the right months and they were they were in different buildings I mean, I think I think part of what made the NBA so like paint drying, unwatchable. Well, there were a lot of factors, but one was that the gym never changed, you know. And I I, I think it made me appreciate different buildings and um, the fact that the baseball teams were playing in different places that uh, that helped. Well, and you know, basketball, just visually. basketball is such an energy sport, you know. Like when a team yeah, starts going yeah, on a totally. run, or when a star player gets the big block or hits the big shot, and you kind of see the momentum swing, like you can feel it through the TV. Baseball yeah. is less like that, and so mm-hmm. playing baseball in an empty stadium was odd, but also like the game didn't change much at all. It, it didn't, and it and it it almost just felt like a weekday game or whatever, yeah. and. uh you know, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't markedly different. The playoffs were really fun. The World Series was fun. Um, it was a good baseball season, man. It makes me makes me eager for next season. So, uh, Piper, we should probably wrap this up. And we should wrap it up by reminding listeners that they need to go to oldschoolshirts.com or wait for the show notes to drop in which there will be a link where they can purchase all their holiday gifts and we get a little piece of the action. Uh, Pipe, this has been fun, man. As always. As always, yeah. We've done what we always do, which is wander to and fro throughout some sports topics. And until next time, you say Kikuchi. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with.
Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. Do you want to better understand the Bible and give biblical answers to those who ask you about your faith? Hi, this is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Podcast Show. Listen to us weekly as we bring the truth often found in the ivory towers of seminary down to the steeple towers of the local church. Join me along with many of the nation's top theologians as we offer answers to life tough questions from an apologetic perspective. Subscribe to the show at lifeaudio.com.